So we're in the book of Acts, and uh, if you want to turn your Bibles to book uh, Acts, if you're using the green Bible you got on the way in, it's page 912, otherwise you've got to find it, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. And the, the, those whole focus, this is perfect, what they just shared is really perfect for what we're going to be talking about. No matter what we're facing, no matter what we're facing in life, we are not called to just survive, but we are called to thrive, thrive through the power of the Holy Spirit and our faith in Jesus Christ. That's the whole focus. And, and, and the title for today is, Are We Worthy of Suffering for Christ? Are we worthy of suffering for Christ? Some of you are regretting already coming here today. I can tell you that. Acts 5, 40 to 42. And I actually, because this is such a groundbreaking sermon, going to hit so hard, I figured I'm going to probably break down and get a tattoo. So I did. I got my tattoo here. Uh, here it is. Die to live. Uh, Philippians 3.10. Remember that sermon about a month ago? I did this, you know, I finished with that. And so the Polsons got me a tattoo. Uh, it's, it'll come off in about a week, I think. But anyway, it's there. Uh, but just a reminder, died to live. All right. Now, Acts 5, we're doing a trilogy. We're in the, Acts 5, and some of you don't like this trilogy. But it's in the Bible, sorry. Anyway, uh, listen to all three. First, we saw that uh, to be prepared for persecution and even prison. Remember we talked about that? Prepare for prison and persecution. We saw the prison break in the you know what we focus are we prepared for persecution which we know is coming then we saw last time biblical civil disobedience biblical civil disobedience and i'm sure most of you have this memorized we must obey god rather than men acts 529 i hope everybody has that memorized and you've been using it all throughout the week as you're facing the challenges and today that we're going to see that we must be prepared also to suffer. And not only that, will we be found worthy of suffering for Jesus? It's not, do we have to go through it? And, and like Mike pointed out, in spite of the persecution and the suffering, it's because of that. Because of that, it's growing all over the world. The gospel is, is spreading out. It's, it's because of that, not in spite of that. It's because of that. Let's pray. Father, I know this is hard, and yet the ending is, is beautiful. We're going to see how you work through the challenges that we face, the sufferings that we face, that you do beautiful things, Lord. I just pray that everyone here would be encouraged, encouraged, and would grow. And if anybody has never put their faith in Jesus, they would do that today. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so... uh, Last time we saw the apostles were persecuted, and then they broke out of prison. They, God broke them out of prison, right? And then, but an unlikely person came to their, def- their defense. His name was Gamaliel. Remember, Gamaliel came to their defense, and he said, Leave them alone. Let them go. We need to be practice tolerance, right? Leave them alone. Let them go. Uh, so what does the Sanhedrin do in response to Gamaliel's plea for tolerance? Well, let's pick that up here. Uh, Acts 5, Acts 5, verse 40. It says his speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. <laughs> then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Hmm. So this is his plea for tolerance. They flog them. That's beating them, you know, lots of blood. And then they tell them to shut up. Don't talk anymore about Jesus. 
The world, uh, you see, tolerance is nothing new. (laughs) Yeah, tolerance. We see it in the book of Acts 2,000 years ago. The world preaches tolerance. How many times have we heard that everywhere? Tolerance, tolerance, tolerance. Now, if you look it up, the the basic definition of tolerance is you tolerate someone who has different views or different opinions and you respect them. You tolerate, you, you, you accept them and respect them even though they have different views. That's what tolerance means. But what the world means by tolerance is we will only tolerate you. We will only tolerate you if you, if you think and act exactly the way we want you to. Right? Isn't that what they really, really mean? I remember, uh, you know, when we first came to New Hope 21 years ago, and I remember being at a school board meeting and, you know, and how the school let us in, but there's some people didn't like that. And then, oh my goodness, it hit the fan. And, and I remember being at the school board meeting and it got hot and thank God the school board voted, uh, you know, nine to one to let us still use the school in spite of all the opposition from these radical groups. And, but I remember being at this meeting and the one person who voted against us, we're very good friends with, I actually did his wedding ceremony. But anyway, you know, God works in strange ways right and uh so but i remember they were just saying vicious things cursing me in the school bar it got hot it was like crazy crazy they're screaming and and i'm sitting there and they're like cursing at me and this and that and tell me how much jesus one woman jesus hates you jesus hates you like you know her jesus might have but anyway just vicious vicious because we believe the word of god and and they don't like that. And so and I'll never forget after they really reamed on me for about, you know, and finally, this, I'll never forget the guy who was up front who was running. He said, that's enough. We voted nine to one. They're going to be here like it or not. You know, but one of the they, they just were hammered. The one I never forget this one lady right behind me tapped me on the shoulder and I looked back and she said, welcome to the long arm of tolerance. <laughs> I've seen the face of tolerance. It's an ugly face. It's an ugly face. How did the apostles respond with some vital lessons on how they responded to, to tolerance, how they responded to this attack? Look at verses 40 and 41 of Acts 5. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. They, they, they were rejoicing, rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. They had just been flogged. Their backs were bleeding, you know. They had no shirts on, you know. They, they, they were bleeding and, and they were threatened. How can they rejoice? How can they be ex- happy and excited? How can that possibly happen? How can we rejoice with our sufferings and the trials that we're facing? It might not be persecution. It could be anything. Anybody here not? Are you, I would say, anybody having a trial? No, no. Anybody not having a trial right now? Raise your hand. You know? you know? You're in the wrong church if you raise your hand. Right? So, but that, how, how can we do that? Well, Matthew 5, in Matthew 5, we see that Jesus tells them something very, very important. In Matthew 5, they didn't forget it. Matthew 5, verse uh, 11. I'm sorry, verse 11. I'm going to start there. Uh, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. 
Great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who are before you. They remembered the words of Jesus. And first of all, it's prophets proof. Just being when we're attacked for our faith, that just shows we're on the right road. We're just like the prophets. We're on the right road, the right side. When the world attacks, if the world's not attacking us or the world thinks we're good guys, guess what that means? Mm, not a good thing. Not a good thing. Uh, that's how they treat the false prophets, Jesus said. So Jesus told them to rejoice. And he tells them, rejoice because great is your reward in heaven. He says, focus on the eternal rewards. That's what you need to focus on. So many times our flesh focuses, remember I talked about this a couple weeks ago, our flesh focuses on the difficulties, but faith focuses on the deliverance. The deliverance, that's what it focuses on. And, And our faith has to focus on what the end, not what we're going through, but the end. Romans 8, 18, when Paul says, For I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Vital to keep that in mind, no matter what you're going through. It, it, the, the focus on the eternal. The, this, this is not it. If this was it, we're pathetic, right? Christians, that's what Paul said. You're most pitied of all people, right? Pathetic. This is not it. This is like, just blink your eyes. That's all this is. It's a blink. But we focus on the blink instead of eternity. And it's so important that we, we focus on the eternal. I was reading a Voice of the Martyrs. I read, if you don't read Voice of the Martyrs, then that's probably why you're miserable and you're suffering anyway. Because if you read that, you know, we got it all good. We're, we're living, we're riding high on the hog here still. All right? But Voice of the Martyrs, uh, talking about Vietnam, and, and I saved this article for this very passage, about these pastors that were in prison and beaten and the Christians and all they're going through. And, the one, and what they said is the communist government forbids, this is in Vietnam, forbids preaching the second coming of Jesus Christ forbids it. We were not surprised. And this is voice of the martyr saying we were not surprised that it's forbidden. The devil wants to keep our eyes on the material world and not think or invest in the eternal. We need to be an eternalist instead of a materialist. Probably a majority of churches in the USA today would be uncomfortable hearing about the return of Jesus as the property values are skyrocketing, blah, blah. You know, saying that, you know, that's what we focus, right? What do we focus on? We, we focus on, on you know, uh, God is using COVID. God is using the chaos. God is using the, the attacks on Christians. He's using all this to wean us off of the world. So many Christians I've heard said that. I'm, boy, I just can't wait to get to heaven. Can't wait to, you know, God, you know, he's got, re, he's weaning us off of this world and to focus us on heaven. And that's what these people in Vietnam already know. They're not looking, you know, they're not focused on their team winning a game, something pathetic. I mean, come on, seriously? You know? Do you, you know anyway, I'm not going to get into that. But uh, <clears throat> look, look at the apostles. Look what they rejoiced about. They were, they were worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. That is a very different perspective from the USA today, isn't it? What do we focus on? Getting out of our suffering. Getting out of our, our, our pain. We, we, want to, we want to avoid suffering at all 
costs, right? Uh, take a pill. You know, why, why does the U.S. say we, you know, what percent of, you know, 5% of the world's population, something like that, we take 70% of the pharmaceuticals, you know? Some of it's necessary, I know, but not all 70% is necessary, is it? We, we want to get out of all pain instantly, instantly. Um, it's crazy, right? But the, the apostles were excited because they had been found worthy of suffering for Jesus Christ. Suffering for him. And suffering for Jesus is a sign in the Bible. It's a sign that our faith is genuine, that it's real. That's what it's, and, and it's also a sign to the world that they're in a whole lot of trouble. Did you know that? When Christians suffer for their faith, it's a sign that our faith is real, but it's a sign to the world that they're in a whole lot of trouble. That, and, and Philippians 1, 27 through 29, listen to this. It says, for it has been granted you... Let me make sure I started it right. Oh, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ Jesus. Then down to verse 28. Without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you, this is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. And here comes the kicker. For it has been granted you on behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. They don't tell you that when you raise your hand, right? The evangelist, you know, Billy, you know, Billy Graham didn't usually mention that one, did he? You know, when we, we all got saved, right? You know, that's not, but that's, that's what you get. When you put your faith in Jesus, you're not just getting salvation, you're getting, you're getting uh, suffering, you're getting persecution comes with it. And, and that is proof, time, two, two proofs. One, it proves that you're really a Christian. Prove you're really a Christian. And it also proves that the world is going to be judged. And when we are not scared, you read, look at that passage. When we're not scared, that scares them. That's what he's saying. When we are not scared in our persecution, that scares them. They can't wrap their minds around it, right? We scare them. It's a powerful, powerful witness. And we hope it scares them so much they put their faith in Jesus, right? But it, but it scares them. Uh, um, let me see. I got, I got another great. Oh, yeah. Here we go. A great illustration of this very point. A Voice of the Martyrs again. Read it. All right. Uh, get it. Uh, Chinese church. Talking about the Chinese church. And, and there was a pastor. This is from a few years ago. Samuel Lamb. Some of you may have read his book. Um, his book, Bold as a Lamb. And he, he was in jail for 16 years. Anybody been in jail for Jesus for 16 years? See, I'm telling you, we're way ahead. We got it easy, right? All right. And he and he lived when he was in jail. He, you know, he persecution, all kinds of stuff. But he talked about how the red guards would intrude, and they still do it today. This is going on today, right? Every day in China, the red guards would intrude on a Sunday service. They would smash the the stained glass windows. They would rip the Bibles up and burn them in front of everybody. And, but the police smashed. Listen to this: smashed not only windows but also bones. And it's still happening. At one service, they broke the back of Chen Cho, who was confronted with being paralyzed for the rest of his life. They were beating him so badly, he knew he was going to be paralyzed. Knew it. They broke his back. And every blow he received, I can never read this without, you know, unbelievable. He would say, every time they hit him, he would say, broken back, can't move anymore. Thank you, God. I truly 
have the joy of the Lord in my heart. To think of it. Insignificant and unknown. Insignificant and unknown. Chencho. Suffering for my Savior's glory. God bless you, officer. Later, he was paralyzed. Later, a short time later, they heard a loud crack, like two stones had been struck together. And he shouted, my back, my back, Jesus fixed it. He was healed. And what did he do? He ran to the police station (laughs) to show the miracle to the ones who had beat him. In China, there are 7 million conversions a year. And Voice of Mutter says, perhaps we do not have the same victories because we not, do not praise God at each hurt we receive. Wow. Wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. We, how are we doing with that? We need to be ready. We need to be ready for persecution. We will get our chance soon enough. Revelation 13, 9 to 10. He who has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity he will go. If anyone is to be killed with a sword, with a sword he will be killed. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of the saints. Whether uh, whether there's going to be an early rapture or not, I don't know. But I do know no matter what, we're going to face persecution. I hope you're listening to the Revelation series and because it, and being prepared for what's coming. Even if there's an early rapture, we're going to face a lot, right? Are we prepared for persecution? Are we practicing biblical civil disobedience? If you didn't hear that last week, make sure you listen to those. Listen to that one. And, and are we suffering disgrace? Are we worthy? Are we worthy? Second uh, uh, Timothy 3.12 For... In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Are we worthy? We're going to see the persecution test. We're going to see, we're already seeing who's real Christians. We're going to see who's worthy in USA real soon. If we are conforming to the world, if we are caving into the, the worldview of the world, if we, are, if we are caving in now when there's just a little bit of pressure, there's no way we're going to be able to stand up against the real pressure. We're going to collapse when that real persecution hits. Listen to the revelation, Daniel revelation. I connect lots of dots. Uh, lots of dots. It, it's heartbreaking to see so many carnal Christians, so many carnal worldly Christians that are just collapsing and becoming like the world. You can't, I'm a Christian, but you can't tell them apart from the world. They have the same worldview. They, they act the same way, live the same way. Uh, unbelievable. We better, I tell everybody, you better, we better wake up before it's too late. Better wake up before it's too late. Are we worthy? Are we suffering for Jesus? Are we suffering disgrace for his name? And if yes, I got a few coaching tips for you. A few coaching tips. It's from an Olympic passage in the Bible. Whether you, whatever you're going through, whether it's for Jesus or suffering, we're going to hit all the suffering here in just a second here. But, but an Olympic passage in the Bible, that's right, Olympic passage, Hebrews 12, 1 to 4. In Hebrews 12, 1 to 4, therefore, since we're surrounded by such 
such a great cloud of witnesses. That's a direct reference to the Olympic events at that time. Uh, Since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Woo! Coaching, coaching tips here. First of all, it says, get, uh, get rid of anything that's tripping you up. Can you imagine running the, in the Olympics with your shoes tied together? You know, it, it's crazy. So many of us have something, sin tripping us up, worldly things tripping us up, flesh tripping us up, the wrong goals, worldly mindset. You're living for today instead of heaven, tripping us up. We, we have to get rid of anything that's tripping us up, even good things, even something good. Instead of something great tripping us up. Then he says, run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Who marks out that race? Jesus. Coach Jesus. Coaching tips. Run with perseverance the race. The word race in the Greek is the Greek word of agon. Agon. What does that sound like? Adderwai. It's where we get the word agony from. It's hard. Do I get an amen to that? (laughs) It's hard. It's hard. But we're called to run with perseverance that race. I know when I was in, I did a lot of sports, believe it or not, in high school and college. And, and the coaches always put me in the dish. I went for track, run the two mile. Went out for swimming, run the, swim the 500. College, it was 1650. It was crazy. They always put me in the distant endurance events. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, for you. Yeah. yeah but it was good. It prepared me for life. It prepared me for ministry. It prepared me for 13 children. It prepared me, right? And then the key is, is while we're doing this, we have to focus on somebody. Verse 2 again, I'm going to read it. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning at shame. Consider him who endured such such uh, opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We're to focus on Jesus. Listen to him. Look at what he went through. He totally gets it. Look what he went through. And this will keep us going. We won't grow weary and lose heart if we're focused on Jesus. But like Peter, whatever, when he took his eyes off of Jesus, Sink, sank, sunk, right? Yeah? yeah he's done. You know, and Jesus had to pull him out again. Every time we take our eyes off of Jesus and start focusing on the, the waves and the wind, right? Sink, sank, sunk, right? Uh, and that's what happens. And, and, and the key is we, we have to focus on Jesus. And, it's, and he says, let us run with perseverance. It's vital that we persevere. Persevere and keep on going. That's it's, uh, very, very important to keep going. And not just keep going, but to keep rejoicing Ooh, that's even harder isn't it yeah i could spend a whole week on that one couldn't i rejoicing rejoicing uh is god sadistic 
No, he just knows that's the secret to going through what you're going through. That that rejoicing, it's the whole perspective that you have. Uh, I just talked to someone, uh, I'm not going to point out, said they, they were at a wedding and it was pouring rain yesterday. And it was horrible, pouring, pouring, pouring. And, and you know, the, you know, the, 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 you know, everyone was really depressed and down and stuff. And, I, and uh, you know, it just was, it was pouring rain, right? But I was saying, I remember a wedding, being at a wedding once, and it was pouring rain, the water was just running like rivers, and the bride and groom, instead of getting upset, they embraced it, the storm. And I'll never forget, they went out, and they, there was a trampoline, it was at somebody's, at their parents' house, and they had a big tent out there and all that, but poor, you couldn't have rained any harder. And they went out, and there was a trampoline near the house, they went over, and here they are in their tux and wedding dress, jumping up and down on the trampoline, soaking wet, laughing. Having a great time. Loving it. Both couples, same thing, right? But it, that was the whole point. Guess what? You think that marriage isn't going to have problems? Every marriage isn't going to have problems? There's going to be a lot of storms, right? A lot, a lot of storms. But it's how we face them. Do we grab hands and jump up and down and let the rain hit us and, and, and just, you know, in, you know, enjoy it somehow, you know, rejoice? Or do we go, oh, why is it raining? Why, God, you ruined my wedding. You know, that, that's, that's the key. That's, God's not sadistic. It's what sets us free. It's what helps us to be filled with the Spirit. Remember be, uh, one, Ephesians 5, 18 to 20? Sing and make music in your hearts, Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what allows the Holy Spirit to fill us. That's what opens us up to the Holy Spirit's power is when we rejoice for everything. And, and, and that, that's the key is we have to keep on rejoicing. That's the key to our spiritual power to not only survive but to thrive in our suffering and our persecution. But not just persecution suffering but any suffering. Any suffering. Listen, I don't care how many pills you take. You're going to suffer. Welcome to the human race. Welcome to the human race. And, and a lot of people don't understand. Listen, any and all suffering God gives us, we can still thrive and, and, not, and, and not just survive, but thrive no matter what. Romans 5, 3 to 5. Not only so, but we rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering develops perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You see the steps? We rejoice in our suffering because we know perseverance and character and hope. You know, but you take these steps as we go through a trial, through suffering. And, and, but so often, you know what we do? We take the first step and like, this is taking too long. I'm going to sit down on these steps. You know, I'm not going any further. I'm just going to get mad at God, you know. I'm going to, you know, whine and complain, right? Nobody here. I've never done that, have you? <laughs> but that's the whole point. The first step is perseverance. You know? And once we get through that one, then we get to character. Then we have something. And then we get to hope. And, but we've got to take the steps. What step are maybe you stuck on? Or not you, maybe your spouse is stuck on. Or someone you know stuck on something. Point it out to them on the way home. That would be helpful. All right. <laughs> <laughs> James 1, 2 to 4. This, you're going to love this one. Right? You know, uh, uh, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Oh, there it is again. 
And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. What does God use? Trials, suffering, consider it pure joy. And the word for trials is also the same word used for temptation. It's just, in the Greek, it's the same word that when Jesus was tempted, it's the same exact word. Temptations are a trial. You don't like temptation. Listen, God lets us be experience temptations to grow us spiritually. Because when we fight, when we don't give in, when we fight, 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 and get back up again and keep on fighting, depending on the Holy Spirit, depending on God's mercy and grace, something happens. Temptations grow us spiritually. Even Jesus had to face that. It grows us spiritually. And, and how is God completing your faith? Look at that passage. How is God completing your faith? What, what is your pure joy? <laughs> Some of you remember that from before, right? When we did James. What's your pure joy? Your PJ, remember? What's your PJ? Who is your PJ? <laughs> Emily. She was. Now, yeah, Emily was the PJ. Remember the ice cream, or the, 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 the cherry frosting story with the hair and the beaters with Kim? Uh, oh, it's traumatic. But she has a new one. Emily's grown up and become just a wonderful, easy teenager, right? But, but now Kim has a new PJ. Laura. <laughs> Very similar to Emily. Very similar. And, and, and you know, and I, love, I love Laura. I just get to play with her and have fun with her. But Kim has to go through the day with her. And not just the day, even at night. Every other kid we've been able to, you know, like, move into their own room. She is, you can't move this girl. And, and we, have, we have the couch set up and all that. But, but let me just show you a picture. Put that picture up, Em. That's Kim. Sleeping and and uh, I I uh, I just snapped it. I have several of these. Just even this morning, I was tempted to take another picture. But somewhere in the night, Laurel gets into the bed, and sometimes it's one o'clock, sometimes it's three, sometimes it's five, sometimes it's six. I've been lately been taking her out of the bed and moving her back and getting her back to sleep, and my back hurts now. But uh, that's a whole other story. But the but when it's not just that she gets into bed, but she's like one of these. Punchers, kickers, you know, and you know, and Kim, yeah, she says all night long, put kick, Kim was look at this bruise. So, I didn't do that. You tell him I didn't do that. Yeah, she like, she's like, I don't know what she's doing, but she's like kicking and swinging, and you know, and, and oh my goodness, it's it's vicious sometimes. And uh, <clears throat> and I always say to her, you know, Kim, she's just reminding you that Ryan never left. Oh. Ryan never left. He made you nuts. <laughs> And he's still right here with you. What's your PJ? What's your pure joy? What is God? Who is God using? Will we rejoice in our sufferings? Our suffering, all suffering, and our suffering for Jesus Christ. Remember, I had you memorized Acts, Acts 5.41. The apostles left the Sanhedrin and memorized it, rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Memorize it. Tattoo it. I'm going to have another tattoo next, you know, two guns next time, right? Uh, uh, I'm going to have it there. And not only that, but also verse 42. I'm going to end with verse 42 because I didn't hit this. Look, I, I didn't forget it. I didn't forget it. They, day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. Not only they, will we keep proclaiming the good news, no matter who says stop. What does the world want to say to us? Stop. Stop. You need to be tolerant. 
So we won't tolerate you sharing Jesus, right? You know, in school, no Jesus. At work, no Jesus. At, you know, wherever you are, neighbors, you know, no Jesus. We'll talk about anything, but no Jesus, right? No Jesus. We can talk about our Buddha. We can talk about our Muhammad. But you can't talk about Jesus. Oh, stop now. Stop, right? And, and when we, we own it, we're afraid. We don't share our faith, you know? I mean, really? We own it. Christians have owned this. They're all terrified of talking, except for Chuck out in the streets or different people. You know, but but we we've owned it. Listen, <clears throat> we we can't let anybody stop us. Voice of the Martyrs, great great story. I'm going to close with great great story. Richard Wumbrand, who started Voice of the Martyrs, was in communist prison for 17 years. He was talking about what happened in prison. He said it was strictly for if you never read Tortured for Christ, read it. Uh, it was strictly forbidden to preach to other prisoners. It was understood that whoever was caught doing this received a severe beating. A number of us decided to pay the price for the privilege of preaching, so we accepted their terms. It was a deal. We preached and they beat us. We were all happy. We were preaching. We were happy preaching and they were happy beating us. So everybody was happy. <laughs> Unbelievable. Are we sharing the good news, the gospel? Have you ever received the good news, the gospel, that Jesus died for your sin? He died on a cross in your place. He, you can be forgiven from anything you've ever done and have received brand new life eternally with God someday. Have you ever acted on that good news? John 1.12 says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed on his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Yet to all, have you ever received and believed in Jesus? John 3.16 tells us how to do that. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes on him shall not perish but have eternal life. Has there ever been a time in your life where you said, God, I don't want this sin anymore. I repent of that sin. I put my faith in Jesus who died on the cross. Your one and only son who died on the cross for me. I put my faith in him. I give my life to him. Have you ever taken that step of faith? I hope that you do it now. Let's pray. As we close in prayer. This could be the day that you respond to the good news, the great news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The prayer of faith, the simple but powerful prayer of faith found in God's word, I repent, I repent of my sin. I turn away from the garbage and the shame. I ask you to forgive me, God. Forgive me. Because I'm putting my faith, my trust, my hope in Jesus. His death, his resurrection. I put my faith in him. To give me a brand new life now and forever.
And while we're praying about that, those who are putting their faith in Jesus, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to those of us who have already put our faith in Christ? Who is he putting on our heart and our mind to share that good news, no matter what we're afraid of or no matter what they say? What step of faith is God calling us to take? Will we change our focus from being afraid to being excited for the chance to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. Maybe your suffering is from another area, but would would we shift our focus from the suffering to rejoicing and looking to what God is doing through this suffering? What is he trying to accomplish? And I know it's hard. Every one of us struggles with this daily, don't we? But what is God trying to accomplish through this trial, this temptation, this suffering, this pure joy in my life? Father, I pray that every person here, every one of us would know victory this week. Would know the power of the Holy Spirit today through faith in Jesus Christ. We pray in Jesus' name. If anybody has put their faith in Christ, I want to encourage you to tell somebody, someone here or someone out there, family member, friend, tell me on the way out if you need someone to tell. love to talk to you about it. Email nhcc at comcast.net. Let somebody know. And if you need prayer, maybe you're going through a trial, through suffering. I know we all are. If you want prayer, we always have our prayer guys up here. Uh, Paul Vanderbilt always has a team up here to pray. He'll, they'll stay with you forever and pray with you. So if you need some prayer, some encouragement, because that isn't what we really need. The encouragement that we find in fellowship and in prayer. If you need it, just come on up. They'll be up here at the end of the song and they'll, they'll pray with you, okay?